This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, uh, Peter Crouch. It's a very different experience today. Things have escalated since Chris asked me. told me I was a very, very careful driver. Uh, we're here at McLaren. I'm next to the and Sellers car. I'm about to talk to Lando Norris. Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch. I've got Chris Stark with me, uh, very kindly here. Uh, Stephen Sidwell, notorious. The notorious S-I-C-K-Y, I guess. Another no-show. It's, it's a no-show from him. He did send his voice notes in the last Friday podcast, if you heard that, uh, with his ill voice. Uh, but we know he's skiing. Well, I've seen him skiing. Yeah. Pictures all over Instagram. Um, so it's just us, us two today, uh, but it's going to be a very, very special podcast. Well, it's very different, isn't it? We're at the McLaren Technology Centre, as it's called, um, which is very, very impressive, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and we've got some time with Lando Norris. Yeah. yeah. I had a little walk around there. It's all born out of the fact that you thought I was a careful driver and, and we've ended up McLaren. Well, that's it. As always with this podcast, it starts with a discussion. There's been an escalation, and the escalation is a lot of the chat surrounding your driving style um, led the brilliant guys at McLaren to get in touch and say, "Well, let us have a look at the situation," <laughs> <laughs> which they which they will do, um, and I think they'll confirm that I'm quite a casual, relaxed, yeah, driver. I think I I think this whole it's not even an argument; it's an interesting discussion because. All of it comes from a good place. I, I've always said this. I think you're a fantastic driver, I'm sure. <laughs> but in... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Just in a very, very sort of careful, worried kind of way. I think that's how I feel because it's not erratic in a bad sense. I just imagine... Because I've seen you when you like... You, like Especially if I've played football with you a couple of times. You always... Because you're a pro, you're always looking around. You're looking to get that ball, move away, elbows out, that sort of thing. And I can't help but feel that the driving will be a sort of like, you know, looking around. like. And it's. I think what's interesting is getting Lando Norris on the pod today is amazing because obviously... He's at the he's at he's at the real sort of fast end of the, you know he's an amazing driver he, and I just would like to see what he says about. about but he's an amazing driver. You can still be fast mm. and enjoy it by being safe. Yeah, you can. You're right. Uh, Neil Warnock said it so well. You know what I mean? It's like you know, enjoy it, but enjoy it by being safe. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a lot to talk to him about. And we, we were talking on the way here as well. It's just getting into kind of the similarities, I guess, between your experience as a footballer and his experiences as, as one of the, the greatest Formula One drivers in the world right mm. now. And um, yeah, I, and we've got to be honest with this as well. You know, we're not F1 super nerds here, mm. are we? We're not coming at this from the viewpoint of understanding every technicality and, and beauty of Formula One. Well, also when McLaren and, and Lando have got in touch with us to, to, to come down here, like it's too good, of, let's be honest with it, it's too good opportunity to pass up. Yeah. Like it's it's an amazing place and yeah. uh, really looking forward to it. 
So here's the little plan for the pod. Uh, you've never heard that before, but mm. there is actually a plan. We're going to be speaking to Lando Norris. You're going to hear that very soon. Um, the lovely Amy at McLaren has arranged for us to uh, go on the Sims here. You know, the actual sort of uh, yeah. car racing yeah. Sims. What, me v you. Me v you in a kind of like who can do the fastest lap sort of thing, which will be interesting in very its own right, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then very excitingly, you're going to take Lando Norris for a little drive around here where he'll be able to just sort of see what it's like having a drive with Peter Crouch. You'll be able to kind of report back to everyone. We're going to film the whole thing as okay. well. Okay, all right. Well, great day. What a day ahead. What a podcast ahead. Hope you guys are going to enjoy it. The next thing you're going to hear is our chat with Lando Norris. Right, Lando, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're in your, uh, what I would class as your training ground, I suppose, like I've had training grounds in my career and then we played a match on a Saturday. I'd class this as the McLaren training ground. It is. Yeah? I think it's as good as it gets from, in terms of training grounds. Some place. This is my home. Seven, seven years, eight years now. Same, same pitch. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a lovely place. Welcome. Yeah, amazing. No, thank you. So how, what actually happens? Like for me, obviously I could tell you like on Monday to Friday, obviously we'll work on things when we play the game Saturday. Yeah. For you, I suppose you're in a pre-season period now yeah. where you're just about to launch the car. Yep. And so what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis here? <laughs> uh, it's an, I mean, it's an exciting time because there's a lot of things going on. Um, I've actually been in Barcelona the last three days mm. doing a say a test, but with the old car, with 2022 car. Um, I don't know how you would compare that to so playing with a old football. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't right. work. Okay. But it's, it just kind of gets you back in the mindset of it all and muscle memory and everything, just kind of getting back in. But MTC and McLaren, um, so you have like different departments of it all. Uh, you have the whole racing department, then you have the simulator downstairs. You have the whole marketing department. Um, but day to day, like a lot of it's uh, meetings with my engineers. So there's limited in terms of what you can do in terms of like actual driving. You know, we're not allowed to just go and test every day that we want. Um, we can't drive the actual car we're driving this year until we, I mean, I'm driving it tomorrow in Silverstone. But then we have to wait until Bahrain in a few weeks. Um, we, we can't just pick it up and go and have a kick around, you know, whenever yeah, we yeah. want. So it's a little bit different. But then the simulator is where we make up for it. And... It's virtual, but you, it's as close as you can get to the actual thing. That that feels insane to me. That because there's obviously so much riding on the car for you yeah. with your job, <laughs> obviously. Um, but that you've got to, you've almost got to wait to find out for yourself if everything's going to fit together. Yep. For the season ahead, is that yeah. fair? I mean, you you get a good idea. You know, there's just how many people are here. It's almost over a thousand um, that are just working on the car. You know, to bring sponsorship or to design a part, make the part, whatever it is. Um, but it's sophisticated enough that you get a pretty decent idea from simulations, from uh, com uh, computer fluid dynamics, from uh, the wind tunnel of what the car is going to be like to drive. Mm. Um, and then you get all of that and it's put into the simulator and then I get my feeling of, oh, it's doing this a bit more, it's improved here, maybe it's not quite improved as much as we expect here. Um, but in the end of the day, it is us. It's more of like we get ourselves as ready as we can, and then it's kind of how the car is on the day. Um, and whether it's a football thing, you know, it's how you can have an amazing day, but if everything around you is not quite working and the other players aren't doing the job that they need to do, it's hard to then turn it into a good result. So it almost sounds a bit like you're you, you're ready. You know what you're doing, but yeah. you 
you don't know anyone you're playing with yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, imagine that. Yeah, but you know, you know, what I think think about as well. Like, I look at the, around here. There's so many people working, right? Yeah. And you're you're a young man, but like everyone is kind of geared up for you, you and Oscar, right? Know, to, to go out. And there's a how much? There's a lot of pressure, right, yeah. for a young man to uh-huh. to take. It's, how, it's how something I got used to. Yeah. I mean, I've been at McLaren. McLaren's the only F1 team I've been with, so I've been here for yeah seven, eight years now. So I feel I feel at home. I know almost everyone I'm terrible mm. with names mm. but I know almost everyone and um, there is a lot of pressure because you have all the hard work you know they're here mm. every single day um, you know they have very few days off they're designing and putting all their effort into making a car that I have to then go and execute you know I have to go out and do that final bit of the job um, but all the rest of it is them putting the car together so you have the pressure of that which is a lot and when you're like I came in when I was you know, 18, 19 then you feel it quite a bit. Like, bit. Especially when you think of it, you're like, damn, everyone here designs a car and then I just have to go and drive it well enough that you know, I try and get the mm. points and um, bring them trophies, all of these things. So there's definitely the pressure of it, but that comes with experience and time of dealing with it better. But then you also have the fact it's, you know, it's, it's a company. I work for them. Uh, it's a job. I don't want to lose my job. You have mm. partners, you have you know, the execs, you have all of these important people they also want to do a good good job in front of so there's a lot of pressure but the same I think with every sport you know you have your teammates you want to impress and you have your team you have your own family you want to do a good job for so there's all of those aspects of it um, but I think they relate very well to but it is an unusual sports. sport in that sense yeah I get what Pete's saying in that you have a, a, almost a team sport yeah. in the way that it's a, it's a team feeling you feel it when you're in this building actually everyone's part of a team but then they're sending you out <laughs> It's both a team sport yeah. and an individual yeah, yeah, yeah. sport in that well, sense. There's I'm not thinking, really one like it, I don't well, know. Well, I'm thinking, for, for, to equate it to, like, it's like when I was at Liverpool, right? We, we all work together, or Tottenham. We'll all work together and then we'll just send Gareth Bale out on a yeah. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll send Stephen Gerrard. Go on, mate. Go oh, and win you, us the game. Yeah. Which is quite often what we did, to be honest. But you know. you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. You all train together in the week and then two of you are sent out. <laughs> two and that, v two. That's what the football... I'd love to see that in football, yeah. just as an experiment. Which two people would go out from every club Yeah, we're all there to, to support him beyond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a cool, it's a cool responsibility because then you're also the guy that is, you know... You're the one that's put up there. So if you do deliver, mm. then you're also, you know, you're like, you've delivered for the whole team. So then the reward that comes from all of this pressure is incredible at the same time. Like that reward, you know, the, the pressure turns into something mm. precious. And that is a trophy that's standing up on the podium and seeing yeah, the whole amazing. team. And yeah, that is good, the yeah. feeling is just as good and, and mm. compensates from that pressure. But I, I've talked about on this podcast before where, um, you know, say I'm, Playing for England, right? And yeah. there, there's there's players in front of me, you know, and I call them teammates, but you know, I still want to be the main man, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's none more so. You must have answered this a hundred times. Yeah. This question, it's a difficult one to kind of to kind of navigate. But of course, you're still competitive, and you want to, yep. even though you're teammates, you still want to be the best, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a subject that no one like ever likes talking about. Yeah, of course. And it's always like, and it confuses a lot of people. Like your teammates, but but what you want to beat each other, mm. and um, so it does get like complicated, but at the same time, some of the best stories that come from teammates battling it out for the actual championship. You know, it's great to watch Lewis and Rosberg and yeah. all these things, and that makes it exciting at the same time. But also, it tense as hell. Mm. And I've not been in that position yet. Uh, hopefully, you know, this year, or next year, whatever in the future, it can be Oscar and I, and we're up the top and we're fighting. Mm. And I'm sure that changes the atmosphere quite a bit because 
as much as Formula One is a team sport, and it is because you're working with everyone that's here, you know, thousands of people, you're working with your teammate. You know, we work a lot over the last few years to try and create a better car, bring the guys good feedback. And when Oscar's comments and my comments align, then it always makes everyone's job a bit easier. Mm. So you work together from that side and even on track, sometimes you help each other out. But at the end of the day, it's your career, you know? So you have to, there's a bit of it where you have to be selfish mm. because it's kind of like if he beats you enough, you lose your job if and vice versa. And it's just as cruel as it is nice, you know, at the same time. So mm. just as well as it's going like amazingly, you have two, three bad years, you're out. You could be out of a seat. Mm. And before you know it, your career has gone from this to like, well, what do I do now? Do I sit on the sidelines? Do I find racing another category? Because it's 20 spots in the world, you know, from uh, mm. football, you lose your spot in one team. There's a lot of other teams you can mm. go in like, okay, I, I can find another club or I'll move to another country. Is it not like that then? Formula One's 20. We've got 20, 20, they've got 20 split spots in the world. In yeah, the world. That is, that is, when you, and you actually pull that down, that is incredible. Like, and uh, Do you ever take stock of that? Like, do you ever, do you ever go, there's 20 lads, you know, <laughs> I've, I thought when I got in the England squad and they gave me the number nine shirt, I thought, you know, all the people that play football, and I, it, it's it, wasn't, you there. it wasn't lost of me. It, I was like, Today it's me. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? it's like, a crazy thought. Yeah. So, do you ever think there's 20 spots in the one you think I'm one? Done all right. Yeah, because I mean, I I think of when I was a kid, dreaming of doing that. When I'm like watching, I was watching Lewis and Fernando when they were both here at uh, McLaren, and that was like a good vibe. There's so many Some funny of photos rivalries. of you really young. They always wheel out these pictures yeah, of you really like young, freaking, asking for photos. I was the opposite of you. I, think. <laughs> I was like <laughs> two foot, <laughs> I was freaking tiny. Um, Amazing. But I, I think of that like. I was that kid dreaming of being there thinking, and I've never been the biggest, most confident guy like of, of in self-belief. I've never been like, I'm going to make it. You know, I've never been that guy that goes to everyone, you know, I'm going to be an F1 one day. Mm -hmm. It's just not how I've been and it's not how I am. But then you, you're there, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's so far out, it's so far out. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, in, the, you're in Formula One and you're like, I'm part of McLaren, I'm part of this team that had Senna and Prost and Hakkinen and Hamilton and all of these drivers. And now I'm, I'm in that spot. I'm racing against Hamilton. I'm racing against Fernando and Seb and all of these guys. And you're like, this is this is pretty incredible. So there are those moments. It's not like I think about it all the time. Yeah, of course. But it's you got to allow. You it have to think of it. I think sometimes to give yourself that perspective of, mm. I'm one of twenty in the whole entire world that has this job. I get to race mm. cars and do what I love to do. And I know I'm lucky to be in this position. I have been in my whole life. So. I definitely don't take it for granted. Can I just touch on how you kind of get to this position? You know, yeah. because it's something that obviously I can't comprehend. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I could see the football path. I know yeah. how you do that, but with obviously motor racing or motorsports, I don't know how. Yeah, it's a bit different. Can... So you started with karting. Most people would start with karting. I think nowadays people are so good at maximizing every step of the way. If you almost don't start at the beginning, it's hard to make up for lost time. Hmm. Um, so you have a lot of kids now who are starting at three, four, five years old. You know, the dad puts them in a go-kart and it becomes more natural and they grow up doing it. And I started when I was six, seven. Uh, my dad had no idea. He says he did, but he has no idea about racing. And <laughs> so I kind of just did it because it looked cool. I wanted to have a go. And you do karting for, I did it between the ages of, of eight to 12, 13. Hmm. Um, and then I went into car racing. Uh, but you have the, the different steps through karting, you know, you have juniors and seniors and different age categories. Um, and I was always tiny. Like I was 
tiny, tiny, uh, very skinny, very light. Um, so I found it always quite hard in carding because I'm going against like normal sized people. But why, <laughs> why would that it, not would that, that not be to yeah. your advantage that you were? At times, it's probably to my advantage. At times, not like certain conditions that can actually help. Certain conditions oh, really? can. Be I, I'm worse. just thinking of Yoshi going up against Bowser. Yeah. Exactly. Man. How are you going to win in like a head to head? In in <laughs> that was me. <laughs> So it's true, there's benefits to both. Yeah, there's both, there's there's benefits to both. Speed, so it depends. Sometimes you can sneak through and you're the little guy and it's and it's mint. But so you go through these these categories and, and kind of everyone does that. The thing with with racing also is it's you have to kind of pay your way all the way. It's it's hard to mm -hmm. get sponsorships, it's hard to just get free drives. Um you know, it's it's a very, very expensive sport. It's not like um, mm. football where you can just go buy one for whatever yeah. 20 quid and go have a kick around in your garden or something you know it's, it's, it's not like that so there's less people getting into motorsport than football mm. and a lot of other sports but you have to make the, your way up and then you get into car racing it's even more expensive and you kind of have it's been simplified now but you kind of have Formula 4 Formula 3 Formula 2 Formula 1 and every step of the way the cars get bigger faster quicker simple as that um, you work with more people, there's more data, there's more analysis you have to go into, there's more technology. And then Formula One is like three steps in one go from F2 to F1. Mm. In terms of the stage you're on, you know, you go from F2, which is is up there, you're on TV, you're, you're working with people, you might be with a, a team like McLaren as a junior driver, but then you go into the world of Formula One and the actual out of the car is probably what takes the biggest step forward and biggest jump for everyone to get used to is being in front of a camera, you know, every minute of the day. And you say one wrong thing, it's like, it's, it's so tough. So they teach you that. Do you have to do, you You have yeah. media training. Yeah, but you know what, like, I think with, with football, like it does feel like kind of almost more controlled. Like obviously, you know, I'm quite a novice at, at Formula One, but I, I, when I watch it, I, you know, they're, they're just, they just put a camera in your face at any point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're getting in your car, getting ready. I know, you know, no, if no. I'm in the dressing room, I know that I've got my time to focus, relax. Yeah. You know, but look, whenever you walk around that pit lane, do you know what I mean? Tom Cruise is there and yes, you well. know, this <laughs> bundle with a camera. Yeah. <laughs> do you find Gordon Ramsay's always bothering you? Sort of, he always, always seems there, to be floating he? about. He goes to quite it? a few of the races, but yeah. I, I know Gordon quite well, so yeah. <laughs> it's always nice mean? to see him. It feels like it's... It's, it's definitely... the. Cameras and F, uh, and TV definitely have more access, I think, to us as drivers than most other sports. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of because that's how the business of it all works. You know, you need the sponsorships, you need the advertising. Ooh. It has to be on TV, and and I think the sports and the business is kind of set up that way. That's how it has to run. Um, because it's a great thing for the for the viewer. Oh, the pit yes. no, the, the funniest thing, the funniest thing to watch, aren't they? Yeah. The, the way into what interview, the interview, interviews, the way two he minutes goes before we re like, yeah, you know, you don't really get that in any other sport, you know, just yeah. as you're literally about to run onto the pitch, someone doesn't go, How are you feeling, <laughs> what do you mate? Think? Yeah, like but, it's, yeah. yeah, so sometimes I wish, and I think every driver wishes you had a little bit more time mm. because Sundays go through very quickly. You do your preparation, then you do like, the driver's parade. You we go around in the cars or on the track, wave and see all the fans, which is always a nice thing. But then you run back, you have to get changed, then you go straight on track again. So things go very quickly. And it's kind of like TV or driving. That's kind of how it feels like it, mm. most, it is most of the day. But you get used to that. And yeah. I guess a bit you always look forward to then. What, is, what uh, looks terrifying in that position is, you know, on those races where you're, you're boiling hot, it's, yeah. it's hot weather, how they cool you down in those moments before. And it looks to me yeah. that they haven't quite figured out the science of <laughs> how to do this. Like, they're it's just lobbing water at you, aren't they? And, <laughs> 
I mean, you have like all the ice packs and things. You want to keep your like the vital, you know, you have like a just a cool towel, something so simple it still works well. Um, you have the ice packs. There's these certain sprays you can use to make you feel a bit cooler. Um, but honestly, by the time you step in the car, you're already so hot. You're just because you got your fireproofs on, and then it's like three, four layers of fireproof. So then you're already sweating by the time you just put your suit on. Then you put your helmet on. Then you have like no breeze, and you sit in the car. So it's it is nasty, but it's just part of the sport. It's part of the jo the job. You know, it's not just driving a car. There's a lot of other things along the way, mentally, physically, which are a part of it. Um, but I think it makes it cooler. I think it makes it more challenging. Mm -hmm. But there are nasty races. Like Qatar last year yeah. was by far the hardest race I've done in my life. Um, hot, humid. Uh, the drinks bottle you have behind your seat, you have like one liter, maybe one and a half liters. Within five laps, it's like boiling water. So you have a sip and it's disgusting. Wow. Um, so there's some things you can do, but there's not a lot. And the rest of it is you making sure you train enough and you train in heat chambers and with your thermals and jackets on to try and prepare yourself for these situations. Yeah, and so that, I'm just thinking about obviously the, the day on the, when it comes to the Sunday, you know, what would your kind of routine be? Like when you wake up, yeah. you're in a hotel, like even adjusting to time zones, like you're time flying all tough. over, the, is that tough, yeah? Certain places which are bad, especially when you have some back-to-backs, so one weekend straight into another, and you literally go from one side of the world to the other. Mm. The time zones can be pretty rough. So within one week to go from being perfectly on one time zone to being perfectly ready for the next is not easy. Mm. And not just for us, but for everyone on the team. Um, drivers are normally the ones which have it probably a little bit easier because we don't have to turn up to the tracks until a Thursday. Mm. But for the mechanics, the engineers, they're already there like Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it's, it is tough. So that's again, one of the challenges, but everyone's got then the sports scientists and your coaches and physicians, whoever it is to help you with this and, and to get onto it quicker and you're doing training at the right times you're sleeping at the right times um there's again like with every sport a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that you don't see on tv and stuff like that that um come together to make you perform at the highest level you need to perform at mm. it's it's great we're talking to you today it's kind of come from a an escalation on this podcast in that uh we've been discussing pete's driving style lately uh -huh. and there's nothing technically bad about it right <laughs> and i'm sure you've been told about this but he's just a very um careful driver uh -huh. right? this is this has been born out of something that is he's never seen me drive no right okay so he's no, it's just, just my perception his perception of me right is that i'm a very careful driver i think there's I, something very weird about seeing a celebrity driving a car uh -huh. and there's something weirder about a sports person because I think you think footballers are going to be great drivers, but actually there's no real reason why why that should be the case. Yeah. And actually, what I imagine Pete in a car is sort of like, um, you know, as if he's waiting on a corner or something, his, his head's doing that, <laughs> like, and it's all like... So this, it was born out of, right, so he, he now thinks that I, I put my seatbelt on before I start the engine, right? Yeah. And that's, that's gained a lot of traction, which is what you should probably do. Yeah, it's, it's safety-wise, technically, technically, but right, technically but, right. But... Um, you see, and then he thinks I check all my mirrors before I uh, indicate. Which again, technically right, again, it's technically right. Yeah, but you you seem affronted by that because what? I think you like to think that there's it, you're driving like land like it's cool, <laughs> it all fits that sort of thing, and it's really not the case. What, I, I don't think. Would you say that? You, would you look at me and think I was a careful driver? Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the question you thought you were going to have today. <laughs> I mean. Uh, 
potentially. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. really oh, yeah. Okay. There's just a slight, I don't know. I'm not nervy vibe around you and cars. Mm. There's just something a bit. Don't know, not quite in control of it, you yeah, know. Okay. Yeah, well, well, you know. I mean, we'll you're see. a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, I think it sometimes gives the perception of you're like oh, passive yeah, on the road. Passive. Oh, yes. Corner. Really? Yeah. You'll always give way. There's always, <laughs> you know, plenty of time to indicate. <laughs> he would stop in the middle just to come on you first. <laughs> on, middle you. of a T junction. <laughs> He's like that constantly, just thanking everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's your experiences of being out and about driving and people I hate it people like, when you're clocking the road, there next right? to you I'm more scared on the road than I am yeah, in the race yeah. car you know when you're at the lights Stop right? It. Say you, by a mile if you pull up at the lights like someone clocks you <laughs> I'm, I, if I'm in my Ford Fiesta I'm taking you on no matter what okay. like I, I think is that you, what car you, you got? You won't no, win. You must, Are you you must, I haven't got a Ford Fiesta, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, if someone pulls up next to you, uh-huh. it's their chance, right, to take you on. Yep. Have you had that before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you? Uh-huh. So someone's pulled up at lights, gone, Lando Norris, I'm doing him. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had it. I, we were filming something, and I was taking a kid to school, and I had to go and pick him up from his house in the morning and in, in a McLaren. And so he's sitting beside me, you know, I'm, cameras everywhere, so driving nicely and speed limit and like I always do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of course. And there's traffic lights and I'm in my race suit. It's a freaking, in public. Always. My race suit, I hate. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and someone clocks me on the side. But I'm like, I've got a kid here on TV. I'm like, uh. mm, okay. <laughs> and they put down the window and they say hello. And you can tell he's like, Ready to go. He's sinking yeah. it, isn't he? He's sinking it. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't because I was like, oh, oh, I have to right. act something. I'm a nice guy, but... Uh, you have those moments, but you know you got to let them have their little bit of. I beat him off the line today. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just let him feel good. It's the guy. In the, it's the guy in the Subaru, isn't it? I've had it myself. <laughs> you the know, guy, the guy in the Subaru, the evolution or whatever. <laughs> he pulls over and he's fully boy racing up, and you're like, he wants it. And you're like, you but, yeah. But I mean, you the idea that someone looks to their left and Lando Norris is there, but in the suit as well, really makes me smile. Like, the idea that, that you look like this everywhere you go. I know. <laughs> because if I was wearing papaya out and about, <laughs> a lot of people would want to race and I don't think it would end very well. Yeah. What about, um, you're a competitive guy. How yeah. else does it bleed into the rest of your life? So, for example, if you're ever in the supermarket, are you finding yourself taking the corners quite tight oh, 100%. with the trolley? Like, like, you know, you have to set up the trolley for the corner. Go out, Get the drift. You have to get like the drift the fi- going the before counter. the corner. So you, the fish counter. <laughs> Stay away from the fish counter. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fish guy, so I have to stay uh, away really. from that. But I'm definitely the... I don't just push the trolley. Yeah. You know, it's like Scandinavian flick to get the apex and then drift and then you know, hit someone. <laughs> yeah, you've then, got, you just got to get... Yeah, I don't ever think I get the lines quite right in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Miss the whole corner and go straight on. Thing, yeah. yeah. But I am competitive I'm, in everything I do. I mean, I, brought, I, I have two golf, sisters right? and a brother. So, especially with my brother, I've always, I think you just grow up being competitive with your brothers mm. and definitely because we raced together and we kind of grew up together with racing, um, you know, playing games and playing Gran Turismo or F1, whatever it was, you always have that competition. So I think that started very early, but everything I do and in golf as well, um, I have, you have to be competitive in that, otherwise it's not You always fun. have it with walking, don't you? Uh, I do, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so like you the that, driving thing, you? like we, we mentioned on the podcast, like if you see me, uh, and like you walk past me, then I'm going to take, it's on. Yeah, I know it's on. So like loads of people who listen to it walk past me really quickly and then I have to, I have to, we have, okay. we have a walking race. You know where you naturally find yourself in a sort of walking race with people. Yeah. It's like, you're never quite sure. Normally when you get off the, off the plane, 
Right. That's it. You know, to the baggage. Like yeah. you always get those baggage. people are like, yeah. why is this guy so keen? Because then he has to just wait for his bag for 10 minutes anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm that guy, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Or that when you go down the escalator, but someone tries to outwalk you off the escalator. That, so you just, right. Yeah. They're never going to win. But also, <laughs> what pisses me off in that situation with that escalator is it's worse when, you know, they're not fast enough that you should stop walking. It's the yeah, people but, who yeah. stop. And I think like... Why have you done that? No, you're going to be here. Like, you know where you end up behind them <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. forever, yeah. and they're stopping on the not the one that oh, goes the up, one, the, the one that the goes just one, the flat one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They're pointless stuff. Yeah, they're, there's only one way to do them is where you um, you moonwalk down them. You turn around <laughs> and just do. Is the that thing. what you do? Is it? No, that's what I do, Lando. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me, mate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, I was going to ask you about like the race days, right? So come a Sunday, what would your kind of, do you have a like a meal you would eat or like yes. do you have superstitions because I think you know when you're getting into a car like yeah. you, obviously you're putting yourself at risk and do you is there things that you do because I was so superstitious about football but you know I'm not really? it's not as dangerous as, as what you're doing you know yeah um, I mean there's definitely things I have to do so uh, like I, I always have the same meal I, I mean there's two meals I might change up but breakfast Poached eggs or scrambled eggs on toast with some avocado. Like, I think I've had that every day. You're poached and scrambled, do you? Or poached or... I've never even heard of this. I've washed my way at the same time. Wow. But that is my Sunday meal. And and Saturday and Friday. Thursday. (laughs) But that is... I have to have it on Sunday. I can't have anything else. Otherwise, I'm just... I I just don't feel right. Mm. Same with the lunch. Like, lunch, you don't have a lot of time. By that point, I'm also very nervous. Um, The rest of it is pretty much just you have to go and do this and you go and do that and there's not a lot of room to do other things. Um, but then I have to have my, you know, five, ten minutes, you get alone when you're getting changed, music on, and I normally like full volume. I don't care who listens. It annoys everyone upstairs. Mm-hmm. Oscar can hear it through the next door. But full volume, like I'm just in, and I don't care what music, like sometimes it's the most chilled music and everyone's like, is everything all right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's great. How, how do you decide it? Just on the My day. music? Yeah. It's just, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a bit of Lewis Capaldi. Sometimes it's a bit more hardcore, you know, techno. Sometimes Beethoven. You know, whatever, oh, right. whatever the, the vibe is, um, I'll just, I'll just chill to that. But it's just whatever makes me feel good. So it's not what gets me pumped up. It's whatever makes me kind of just feel the best. But I don't want you being relaxed. upset before a race, you know. I love Lewis, he's a dear friend, but um, the idea that you're playing <laughs> and want someone to love like, yeah. like before well, a race. Everyone's just like you moonwalk, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got our quirks, haven't we? <laughs> I have a little cry, you know. I have a little cry before I get in the car. Why not, eh? But like, um, if, you, if you have a really good race that day, would you put the same tune on? Not like that. You wouldn't, you're not superstitious. Uh, Yes, no, I think I would. Yeah. Like if, yeah, 
That's what I would do. Yeah, I do until mm. it <laughs> mm. didn't Doesn't work today. Work. <laughs> it didn't work today. Yeah, that's what next I mean. song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think I do. Um, but I think that's kind of how my food worked. Like one, I have to just find something I like, and it's easy to just have on a race day with the pressure and the nerves. Because sometimes I just don't even like mm. to eat. Like my lunch might be a little wrap, like this mm. big, and um, that's my lunch before a race. You know. Mm. Um, I read somewhere chicken and pineapple. Is that right? Chicken, rice, pineapple, a bit of teriyaki sauce. Nice. Like that is, it's freaking mint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a little wrap. Um, but that's my that's my lunch. So I have that. I'm listening to my music. I'm just I'm vibing. Like that's my little time to just chill. And then always get in from the left side of the car. Uh, I don't think I've ever right. So there is a few got in yeah. from the right. Okay. I don't. It's not like I've always had to, but it's just become a thing habit. And now I, I would feel odd if I get in from the wrong side. Um, and then I always now give my uh, mechanics a little fist bump before I get in the car. Are you listening to music at that point? In the well, car. Because you, you have headphones no, I don't, in. I've don't never, you? I'm not tried. I might try it this year. Because right. sometimes I've, I think I'm too approachable. Yeah. I find it hard to say no to people. So You're when nice someone comes guy. up like, you got two minutes, I can't, I, mm. I, I find it hard to just go, nah, sorry. Mm. Um, but other other drivers, you know, it's just like a hand up, <laughs> look the other way. Mm. But uh, yeah, just headphones because it just makes you have a bit more time to yourself, and you can keep your mind away and and do things. But I also like the fact I can go from having a chat to whoever it is on the grid, and you know, with one of my friends or whoever, mm. and I literally go from you know like a uh, what are we what are we doing next week, and it just your mind, my mind is completely away from Formula One, but I'm on the grid. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm, I must like it because then I can all of a sudden, I'm like, helmet on, you know, balaclava, helmet on, earpieces, it goes quiet. Then then it's me. Then it's just, I'm on my own. Um, then I can think about the things I need to. So mm-hmm. I'm a big overthinker and I overthink way too many things. So it's actually good sometimes to just get distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. So okay, let, well, let us help it. you out on that front. So <laughs> maybe two songs that we can recommend okay. as a podcast for you to try and uh-huh. if it works let us know okay Vanessa Carlton A Thousand Miles oh 100 oh yeah, yeah. that's irregular yeah. that that's one a staple. <laughs> just a staple you know, big podcast yeah. song that yeah. um, Chumbawamba yeah. Tub Thumping yeah. you know that I get not down but, but I, I get, get up again, again. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's a good one give them both a go and if either of them Vanessa, do the business like I know Vanessa very well yeah, we'll uh, go with that. In terms then. of music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that would we'll that's, that that's a regular one. Yeah. Well, if you need, we can get Patrick Bamford to perform it for you. Yeah. He's, uh, he's it's very good on, on the piano. piano. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be a yeah. Yeah. big. I could try sure. it. And if it works, mm. it might have to be my regular. Oh, well, that'd be great. Great. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I might have the worst race of my career. Guys, you really screwed me over. In which case, don't let us know. Don't let us know. Yeah, no, is it, I find this whole setup. So then when you're in that moment, when you've got, so you've got your helmet on, what is that first voice you'll hear? Like, and and are there a lot of, is is it as calm as it seems and ordered? Or is is there like panic in your ear? How, I think how does you, it actually work? In my ears, it's calm um, because only one person can normally speak to me. When it's on the grid, then it's two. It's my race engineer, Will, um, and my performance engineer who's back in the garage. And they're looking at, if the wind's changing, if the weather's changing, uh, they let me know what tyres everyone chooses to start on. So I think it's three or five minutes before he gives me the update of, um, you know, the people the people that I can't see, they're starting on soft tyres, hard tyres. So you, you kind of get that first indication of what strategy people might be going for. Um, 
But then it's, it's fairly quiet. You know, my engineers, because they're talking to all the mechanics. There's quite a strict set of guidelines. You know, mechanics aren't allowed to be on the grid 30, or 10 seconds before we mm -hmm. go. Um, the fans have to be taken out of the car at a certain time. Tires have to be on at a certain time. So there's, there's quite a bit of rules for them. So normally they're distracted. And it's just me playing over in my mind how I want turn one to go. You know, you got my, I got my start to, to nail. Um, you have to hit the clutch in the perfect position. Uh, you know, it's no foot clutch, so it's all done on the hand. So you're kind of practicing a bit on your hand and they want you to hit uh, an exact number. If I don't hit an exact number, and it's quite a big movement uh, of, of clutch, and they're like, we want you to hit this number. And you have to hit it to the one. If I'm one above, they're like, you know, you could have got a bit more out of that. If you're one under, you're like, wow. and you maybe get a bit of wheel spin, you know, it's like should have been here. So very precise with what you have to do. So there's a lot of practice and trying to get that perfect. And the starts are almost the easiest time to win or lose positions. Yeah. So it's the thing you almost want to put the most effort into to nail. But the manner with which they talk to you, because we obviously hear little sound yeah. bites, you know, and they put some of the radio through onto the TV. I've never fully understood how it works. As Crouchy says, we're slight novices on this, in that there's only certain ones that get broadcast, right, yeah. or access to broadcast. So you always know when you're saying these things, those are the ones that they're happy yeah. to put out, right? I'd love to hear the others. Um, <laughs> but I always find it very funny. The way that they communicate with the drivers is always so calm. Like, yeah. all hell could be raking loose. But the manner with which they talk to you is... Yeah, it needs to be, though, because they want you to stay calm when sometimes there is absolute panic going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, we, we don't hear it, but after when we review things, we listen to, like, everyone... Because I want to sometimes be in the shoes of what my engineer is listening to. And if you could put their headset on before like a, a pit stop or something or when rain's coming in, you'd be surprised at how much just this guy's saying this thing and they got it at one volume. This guy's saying another thing and you got another volume. And you got this guy talking to you on an, another radio channel. And then I'm talking and they're trying to like four or five different, like they try and simplify it. And there's always a room for improvement with these things. But... Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it's, it's chaos yeah. and they're trying to think of so many things and you're thinking, what if he does this? What happens if someone else does that? If we box now, what do they do? So there's always people trying to think of things and come up with ideas and so forth. But then, and it's panic. Like sometimes I'm like, I can't understand how you guys listen to this. <laughs> and then, okay, Lando, uh, we'll be boxing this lap. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I that? might be panicking. I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, then I'll box. But you want them like, and, and you work together. I work together a lot with my engineer to try and, I want him to say certain things in certain ways. Um, I Do want you know to when they're angry? Bring me, yeah. Like I worked with Will now, my engineer for the last six years. I know when he's like, when he means something or when he's trying to hide something. Um, yeah. I, I, so I kind of, I get a sense of, ah, oh, something, something's happened or I can feel he's stressed or when he's not stressed. So then at the same time, I can be helpful to him. Mm. If he coughs, he's stressed. Like <laughs> he has a stress cough. So sometimes he maybe you might say something and then cough, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, all good, William." I would then try and give something a little bit back. So it always works like that, and it works with everyone. Everyone's trying to help one another and keep each other calm and and under control because you have to make important decisions. Um, but you have the stress. Some some are very stressful because mm. sometimes they're very late. Mm. They're crucial decisions. Um, but the F1 app, you can listen to all the radio. So okay. it's unfiltered. 
swear oh, wow. words a lot. But that's that's and amazing. I think that's Neil like, Warnock. I feel like I feel that's the way football's going to go. You know, like it, it feels like it, need, everyone up. it needs to catch. It needs to catch up with the kind of access that F one is yeah. is giving. I think it will, but at the moment it's still yes. so guarded. It's still just you see a football game. It's kind of it. It's kind yeah. of it. Yeah, you know, like, but I think the access, like, eventually it will be kind of in the change room. On, you know, yeah, yeah but I think would you like, like a cool manager? But would you like a manager in your, if all players, right, and you had no, him, would you like, like no. but firstly, they would not talk the way that Lando is talking no, to definitely in that not. calm. <laughs> well, that's why it hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, Imagine maybe Dyson try or Warnock you know, in your ear. Well, they tried it with Warnock and we've still got, we've still got the, uh, the clips <laughs> oh, yeah. happening now. You yeah. know, um, I, with, you're talking about you have to hit that specific number and the amount of pressure on the start yeah. and things like that. Like, you talked about nerves as well. Like, I remember when I played, actually, now I'm out of it. I've kind of forgot about the nervous mm -hmm. energy that I had. But I used to hate it. Like, I, I, I have to be this kind of jokey, kind of jovial person to just so I forgot what I was it, yeah. actually kind of doing. Yeah. Um, and that was just my way of handling it. Everyone else handled it different ways. Like... Two two questions really is like how do you cope with that and also do you have a because the best thing I found about being in sport yeah. was overcoming that fear overcoming uh -huh. that that nerves yep. and then getting a good result and the buzz from that is it's unrivaled insane, yeah. right yeah. and then you know the way I'd celebrate I'd I'd have to probably have a few drinks like would you <laughs> uh -huh. let yourself go after a game yeah. and how do you get over the nerves so nerves. I think like 50-50, 50% of it is just time and you're in it, you kind of just deal with it better. The other part is just um, learning what if, like should affect you and what shouldn't affect you, mm -hmm. you know. The fact that there are so many people I feel like is always going to affect me a little bit because I'm like, I want to perform for everyone and I don't want to let them down. The same time, that's my motivation. Like every time, mm -hmm. whether it's the off season or whatever, you know, the fact that like, 1,000 people are trying to make a car quick for me I don't want to let them down. I don't want to make a stupid mistake or miss out on an opportunity when an opportunity arises because I'm not prepared enough or whatever. So I use the not wanting to let people down, the pressure as also the motivation. Um, but also like trying to turn it into some excitement. Like you always want to get excited. I don't like getting too excited for a race. I never like, I never get too pumped up. Uh, that's just not my way of doing things, but trying to turn those nerves, which I... I do hate because they just make me feel bad. And you know, I just like, and like I said, I overthink. So as mm. soon as I'm nervous and I overthink, I'm like, what happens if I, I think of the negative things too, you know, I think like, what happens if I mess up the start? What like, happens? What am I going to do then? And like, my starts haven't been good recently. What do I do now? Like, what happens if I miss it again? Or make, what happens if I miss, make a mistake into turn one? So I still think of those things, but they're things you don't want to think of. So then I try and take my mind away, which is when I'm outside just talking to my friends. And you might see me like, isn't he gonna? Isn't he in the car in like two minutes? But I do that to take my mind away, almost more than anything, or listen to music or something like that. So you come up with your own little things, whether I think it's talking a lot of or people music will or relate to that. That that fear of almost overthinking, yeah, things and and ways of managing that. Yeah, I think of good and bad. Anything. You know, I, like yeah. people like don't think of the bad things, but I can't stop myself. You know, it's, it's yeah. I I and I'm dealing with it better now. But I'll think of the good, you know. I think of like, okay, so this is what I want to do. Then I'm going to do that. I'm going to get through there. And then my mind will always just go like, but I'm going to lock up and go wide, aren't I? Oh, I'm like, well, why, have I, why have I thought it, of those it, things? It, so it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the, that pressure. Like, uh, I've told a story on this podcast before, right? Where 
that the nervous energy is kind of like so much, but like overcoming it is it's just the best thing in the world. Yep. But I, I don't miss that kind of before because I've told the story before where I'm on a bus going to one of my first England games and we're going to Old Trafford and I'm sitting there and you know obviously my team was loads of big hitters on yeah. it you know, Beckham, Lampard, Gerrard you know uh, Rooney all on this bus and I'm sitting there with them all on the bus and I look down we're in a bit of traffic and there's a fella in a pub with a newspaper and I look at him and I go God I'd love to be him right now <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I mean, the I'm thinking, I'm so nervous about this. Oblivious to it all. And I'm thinking, he's got, not got a care in the world, that fella. But obviously, I know that's ridiculous and I'm in a, such a fortunate position. But yep. for one split second, I'm like, he's yeah. sitting there with his point. No, I, I really know. The, I know, like, it's, do you ever have a, where you think, you're sitting in the car and you go, God, what have I done, have I done to myself? Like your Sometime, first F1 match. Yeah. Why have I done this to myself? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's tough because so many things go through your head. But there is those moments where you just think, I wish I could just like watch everything happen mm. and not like be there in it. You know, I wish I could just watch this race, watch myself do the race, but not have to be in that be mind of like I my mind that. just blowing up with things. Um, but it's the best feeling in the world when you overcome But it is. That, like when that you, turns into the again. excitement and then you're in, you know, like... The match, like maybe a match has a bit more of a build-up. Mm. For the race, it's straight in. And almost the most pressure is the first lap, the first corner. And so you, you go from, you know, just warming up the tires a bit and red lights go out and it's everything. It's no like small little build-up to it. Mm. Um, so very quickly it goes from, oh, damn, I'm thinking of this. And then the red lights are out and you, you forget all of it. And then it's just you're in your zone and you're, you're focused on doing what you got to do. But you have those thoughts of just like, mm. I wish I could be in the grandstand right now. You see some guy having like a drink or a burger yeah. and you're like, I wish I could And do I guess that. you've got to have that perspective as well is this is a point in your life where you get to do these things and you'll look back on and absolutely. be so proud and yeah, absolutely. do it. And oh, then the next, oh God. No, no, so when it does go well, yeah. right? So then afterwards, uh -huh. what do you do? Because the adrenaline is pumping, right? You can't, I, I found it so hard for me to decompress, especially after an evening game. Uh -huh. I played in Champions League. We've done well. You know, it's 10.30 at night. I'm not going to sleep. How do you, what? Straight to the gym. Straight to the gym. <laughs> nah, no, no, um, no. I, I like to spend a bit of time with the team. It's like, uh, you know, I love being part of the team. So I, I very much enjoy trying to spend it with them because they've, I feel like they're just as much part of it as me being the one to go out and execute like we spoke about. I'm still very much like they gave me the pit stop in world record pit stop, whatever it is, like they were part of it. But you have to go out and sometimes you have to just de-stress, let go of it all. Um, and a lot of that time, that is just going out with some friends and mm. trying to forget that you're a driver, forget you have some responsibilities and all of these things and you just want to go out and have a good time. Bit of karaoke? Um, <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, I'm not saying there is. Enjoy it. I'm saying I, I rate karaoke. Mm. What... Um, only because I know this was a passion of yours and I've been sort of following it from a bit of a distance. Uh. We spoke about it on something else before and you were saying you were getting into DJing and I, I sort of became weirdly proud of you and then was sort of watching any <laughs> progress that I would see float up here and I'll see you with Martin Garrix at one point and yep. da da da. Yeah. Are we still pursuing the ambition? Nope. No. no. Retired. 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 Shocking news. Is that official? It's a, uh, I think it's it might be now. Might Why, be now. What's, Yellow what's, bar's coming up. It's on, <laughs> it's on breaking news. news. <laughs> breaking news. Lando Norris DJ is retired. Over. DJ retired. Not, Didn't even uh, know it started. What happened? Retired. Why, why aren't we, why aren't we um, going along with that? Just uh, Priorities of life. 
No. Yeah, just yeah. I got a I got a races to win and championships to try win. At one point I saw pictures of decks on private jets and things like that. I was, mm. he's putting in the training. I got I got heavily addicted to DJing. Yeah. Um and I will not blame Mr. Garrix for this. Uh who I'm dear close friends with, but uh he did get me my first set of decks and I would travel um by a plane, whatever it was, in cars, um, with my decks, with speakers, and uh, hotel rooms, wherever it was, and I brought my decks with me. And, and I mean, like, they're the big decks, yeah, you know, like yeah. it's, it's like yeah, that. But yeah, then I got right. speaker, like decent set of speakers with me. I'd have it in the car, like no passengers were coming with me, my decks <laughs> in my passenger seat. Um, but I loved it. It's yeah, I love music, it. um, but I, I really, really loved it. And I, I got to the point where I was doing so much and I DJed a couple clubs and things like that, but it just—it's just—it wasn't right. It wasn't the correct thing for me to do, and was not distracting me. I wouldn't say it was distracting me, but it was just taking my my mind too much away from what I got to do, which is my well, job. Well, I hope you will revisit that. I'll come back point. to it. One come day. back stronger. One on day. I loved scene. it, and I, I love that world. Um, it's just. I got like a daytime job and this is a nighttime job. <laughs> yeah, so when you try and do both, right. zero <laughs> sleep is uh, in the schedule. But you know, it makes, prob it makes probably sense. right. You know I mean? <laughs> it's like Monaco, Vegas. Yeah, but I, I, got offered, I got offered to uh, DJ New Year last year in Dubai. I got offered a bit of money and mm. it was like decent. It was hard to say no, but then I got nervous. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think nah. you need a big gig. I mean, obviously we, we <laughs> do Crouchfest. We, we do Crouchfest. We do Crouchfest. If you want to come along to Crouchfest, um, it was Wembley Arena this year. Yeah. You, you're more than welcome. We had Rudimental actually uh -huh. uh, this year. So good guys. You, you, yeah, if good you're guys. up for it next year, um, um, you can Give me headline. a few years. All right. Yeah. Give me a few. Like, let me win a couple championships. Yeah. So. I'm getting let the me get out of the way. he doesn't want mm. the distraction of being a DJ, this is what it's yeah. coming across. Yeah. So although he's yeah. announced retirement, mm -hmm. it'll be even bigger PR when he unretires. Exactly. That's what, that's what all you sports people do. It's all just a story. Do. You say you retire and then you're back before you know it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking doing around doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Lando, absolute pleasure, mate. Pleasure, Good mate. luck for the season. Pleasure. Great to talk to you, mate. Cheers, dude. Talk pleasure. Man. Thank you. Head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to see me driving with Lando Norris around McLaren. Well, what a day we've had. Um, Lando Norris, what a lovely fella. Mm. Uh, obviously, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you, it's like when you get your first football team as a kid, you know, you usually pick your dad's team. I, I haven't got a team, but I think I have now. You're McLaren. I think you? I'm a McLaren man now, yeah. Okay. Well, I like Lando Norris a lot. He was great. I, I totally agree. So do we just sort of do like we've done with other things? Is he now sort of the podcast guy? Yeah, I think if you listen to this podcast, you now support McLaren. If you haven't got a team, you know, there might be some people out there that are nerds that, that are all over it, that love it. Um, but, but for but those people... For you, are we supporting McLaren or Lando Norris? I.e., if Lando Norris moves, what do we do then? Well, yeah, that's... that's we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> To the fact that we're seeing McLaren as well. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. Amy's watching. <laughs> I am... Um, no, the uh, the reason I say it is I just heard he's signed another contract, yeah. so he's not going anywhere. Oh, right. anyway. well, that's handy. So we're McLaren and, and Norris. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, we are at the moment, yeah. Great. Until until otherwise. Okay. But cool. the, for now, we are McLaren and, and Norris. Great chat with Lando Norris there. Um, can we talk about 
the experience of you driving him around? Well, number one, uh, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure. I was nervous about being able to fit in the car, um, but totally, really comfortable. Uh, and obviously, yeah, I was a little bit nervous driving Lando Norris around. He, he knows what he's doing. And um, But what a great car to drive around. Like yeah. it, was, it felt like it just wanted, it was like a caged animal. It just kind of like wanted to go. Um, and so did I. But then I was conscious of a, you know, having a, a valuable asset in the car, in the car being a pretty valuable asset itself, and a lake right next to me. Mm. I was, all I saw was me pinging off and it going straight in there. And how did you find the indicators? Uh, well, you know, it was it was a safe experience, but it was a fun experience. <laughs> Good, which is key for me. It's vital. Um, Okay, so I think the main thing with this is if you're listening to this, you you obviously want to see the videos. There's going to be loads of videos and social from the whole day. We've got a little tour as well. They've been very kind to us here. We learned uh, all sorts of stuff. Well, you know what? One of the things for me was like when was seeing Senna's car, Ayrton Senna's car. I don't know, it was just a kind of air of mystery about it, isn't it? Like he's won the championship in that. And then obviously seeing Lewis Hamilton's car that he won the championship in where he had to finish fifth. And I think Massa won it, didn't it? And it was the shortest kind of world championship win of all time because Lewis Hamilton then finishes fifth straight after him and wins the world championship. Look at you. Look at you flying. Well, I'm all over it now, aren't I? (laughs) What's the deal with Top Gear now? Well, I was, uh, you know, it's just when you, when you see and you speak to someone like Lando Norris and like, obviously, you know, football's my game. When you speak to him and you hear about the technicalities of it all and then you see the cars, like, it's easily to get, easy to get kind of caught up in it all and start, you know, so I'm really looking forward to like the next the next season. Yeah, or what we do to get involved with uh, with McLaren a bit further. I mean, are, are we saying that we should be going and bothering Lando Norris around the pit lane? He seemed quite receptive to the idea that people do go do that, actually. Yeah, but well, do you want to be a, a pit lane wanker? Pers- I don't know. Pers- yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. I'm not really a pit lane wanker, <laughs> but I could be. And um, I'm comfortable, comfortable with that. Uh, but potentially you could listen to Vanessa Carlton on the next um, the race and, 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 and win. And if he does, then... He's in on the pod. I think that's what we do. I think all, everyone listening as well as a podcast, we all need to remind Lando Norris uh, over social and all that kind of thing to to get a bit of Vanessa Carlton on. Mm. And uh, imagine he gets a result off that. Imagine he does. Mm. Maybe he'll send us a little message or something. You never know. Mm. Well, I hope so. But listen, even though before we go, I just want to I just want to do a car eleven that Toby sent in because oh, he, nice. he knew we were coming down here today. Um, Laureus Carius, yeah, uh, Matty Kashkai. <laughs> Uh, Polo Torre. Brilliant. Peugeot Met- Metaseca. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pascal Chim Honda. Cinnamon <laughs> <laughs> Field, we've got Jack Roadwell uh, alongside Steve Sidwheel. <laughs> there's always there's always a Steve Sidwell one. <laughs> always in there, isn't he? Shinji Jaguar, uh, <laughs> which is a personal favourite of mine. Uh, Stillian Petrol. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Petrov. Uh, Zoltan Gira. Uh, Carry Mercedes Benzema. <laughs> <laughs> Honourable mention to David Bentley uh, and Juan Sebastian Bugatti Veyron. Brilliant. Who do we have to thank for that? Uh, that's Toby. Yeah, well done, Toby. Good keep, car 11, mate. Keep sending in your 11s. Uh, we love doing these every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, what a couple of weeks on the podcast. We've had uh, the Kaiser mm-hmm. and Lando Norris. Yeah, it's been exciting, isn't it? Like, Kaiser obviously has gone down really, like, amazingly well, which I knew he would. Like, obviously huge. I've, well, I was obviously a huge fan of him, but I want everyone else to be as well. Yeah. Um, but those stories, you know, when he talks about Istanbul and 
Uh, he, he talks about just being at Liverpool, arriving at Liverpool, and you know playing in a World Cup final. And uh, you know, passionate guy. Even how he celebrated, you know, with um, with the chairman in the shower, and yeah. you know, having a ciggy and all that. Like, all, this is all stuff that's just it's just amazing to hear someone who's been around inside in those massive games yeah well we've said this before let us know if there's anyone you'd like us to to speak to on the podcast or you think would would be good to fit into our world let us know and we can explore all that um back stronger next week i guess mate hopefully with the notorious with the notorious yes hi this is craig robinson from ways to win And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, loadofpricks.net.